What's up, everybody? It's week one, and we've got a great deal for you. I know you guys are anxious to get your bets in for all the Sunday games week one, the Thursday night football game that's about to happen between the Buffalo Bills and the Super Bowl champion LA Rams and everything beyond that, and we've got a great deal for you. Use the coupon code Week one, anytime you buy a weekly subscription, that's W-E-E-K-O-N-E, and you will get 77% off your first week. Unbelievable deal. Get you on board. Get everything super discounted for the first week of the season. That's our gift to you. So jump on board right now. Go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Any package, whether you're buying the NFL-only betting package, whether you're buying the combo package to get college football as well, or you're buying the all-access package to get everything that we do from a fantasy perspective, as well as props, in addition to all the betting action, which is what I highly recommend that you do, use coupon code WEEK1 and you will get 77% off. Truly unbelievable. Football is back. Get on board today. All right, guys, we are back for the NFL team draft, the highlight, the culmination of the offseason. You know that the season is about to kick off when Dan, Rich, and I pull our minds together and we go ahead and do a snake draft of all 32 teams. Actually, it's 30 teams. We, we leave off two of the top 30 teams in the league who we think are going to get the most wins this upcoming season. And we'll be picking those, and I'm really looking forward to it. We have our defending champion, Dan Pazuda with us, the reigning and defending, hopefully not and still, but the reigning defending entering the bout. How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, last year, complete luck. Like when you like run into the Cincinnati Bengals in like the last round, I'm pretty sure uh, that is pretty much what decided uh, the, the draft last year. So uh, hopefully like maybe we'll have the, the Super Bowl pick going into 10th round here again. Yeah, that would be crazy. Cincinnati certainly exceeded all expectations. Uh, and then we've got Rich. Rich, how are you doing today? I know you've been uh, prepping for the season super hard. How's all the drafting been going? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're still have a big Labor Day weekend of fantasy drafts to get through. Uh, and, you know, hey, I, I'll be on with subscribers again this Friday, too, to talk to people about their drafts this weekend. But, yeah, if you, if you want to know how strong this is, this was, uh, last year the Bengals were the Mr. Irrelevant pick, uh, the 30th pick, uh, and they went to the Super Bowl. Um, so Warren's got to get on the board. Uh, it's only a second year, though. T.A. did the first year, and then we had Warren – this year so we're looking to see if me or dan can become a uh the first multi-champion here yeah exactly i've 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 done it one year and did not win seated to dan and uh and now i'm back to try to get some redemption here so uh dan as the defending champion you get your pick of this draft so for those of you following along at home what we do is we each take a turn there's three of us uh, we go through in order, picking a team that we think is going to record the most wins. And then it's a snake order. So if you pick third, you also pick fourth. We bring it all the way back to the beginning. And um, Dan, do you remember what spot you were drafting out of last year by any chance? Yeah, I went first. And okay. we're, we're just going to keep the same order as last year. Keep it the okay. same. Not necessarily because I want the first pick, but I don't really want to make like picks two through five. 
Um, Interesting. That yeah, that that doesn't seem very fun uh, right now. It's that seems very jumbled to me. So I think I'm just going to go with the clear first one and then let you guys kind of decide where you're going with with the rest of them. Um, so I believe the order last year was uh, me, then Rich, then Warren. So uh, we will we'll stick with that one. Okay. All right. So it's that's the sequence. And once we get done, we'll tally them up, throw them on the board, and obviously. At the end of the season, you just go down your column, add up all the wins for the teams that you drafted, and whoever has the most wins. We don't we don't uh, kind of give you more wins for any one team or what round you drafted them in. It's all everybody's counted mm-hmm. up the same, which is why the Bengals helped produce a lot for Dan, even though they were drafted 30th last year. So uh, let's go ahead and do that. Um, Dan, do you want to tweak the doc here so that uh, it's in the right order? Just flop, uh, flip you and Rich. Uh, in the column, so it'll be easier to follow along. And go ahead and give us your first pick. All right, just go with the Bills. So easy. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily think they're going to be like the best team in the league overall. Uh, they probably would not be my pick currently to you know win the Super Bowl. But when you look at what everyone else is going to kind of want to stay away from the NFC. I uh, don't want to touch the AFC West this early. Uh, you look at what is going on with, you know, the rest of the AFC East. It feels like the bills have the clearest path to the most regular season wins. And since that's all we care about uh, in this draft, it's where we're going. We can keep that one pretty short and quick. All right, Rich. No commentary on the bills. Uh, yeah, so interesting. Uh, that starts where we were. I didn't know if I'd be picking two or not. I'm going to actually shift. I think I'm going to go NFC, though. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Packers. Uh, they've won 13 games three years in a row. Uh, I still think when you look at their division, really Minnesota is the only like true threat that they have. Um, quarterback still in place. I think this is a team that's going to be real ball control centric. I think it's going to be more of a run game focus this year between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. The defense is really good. It's one of our highest ranked defenses at the site uh, and the quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. So I think there's just a high floor here with the Packers. Yeah, actually that was the pick that I was going to make rich. Um, very, very smart. Um, I can't, I can't argue with you there. So now we're at this point in the draft where it's, it's hard. I totally agree with your logic. Um, I got to make two picks and I'm not going to pick again for, for I'll be sitting on the bench for four more picks. Um, so I got, I feel like I got to go with Tampa Bay here. Um, but I'm going to go with the Rams instead. Um, even though I, I do kind of like the bills maybe to upset them week one. Uh, I just think that their division has gotten worse. I also like the fact that they're playing in the NFC. I know they have a difficult schedule in general, but I'm still going to go with the defending Super Bowl champion Rams at number three. Um, and man, I hate Matthew this. Stafford's I, I, arm I falling off does not worry you. <laughs> no, I, I think I think um, a lot of that from what I have heard was a shitload of maintenance, which was extremely smart for them to do early on. And I'm banking on the fact, like I have not bet any Rams unders this season. I am banking on the fact that with solid maintenance and the way that Sean McVay 
calls the offense that like they're going to be able to do enough to win these games. And I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that Stafford is not going to have his arm fall off. If, if I thought that he was, I would have bet a bunch of Rams unders. Um, and I have not done that yet. You know, I, I do think there's a legit for the value possibility that the Niners win that division. So that was one of the futures odds. I put a very tiny sprinkle on the Niners to win that division. If Trey Lance ends up stepping up and playing pretty well for them. Um, but I still think the Rams are going to, uh, they're the f- rightful favorites to win that division. And I'm not fading them in any other markets. Um, so now this is a difficult pick uh, for me. I'm going to, man, Rich is going to be happy with whatever pick I choose here, I feel like. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm bypassing Brady's bucks. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I trust Brady implicitly, but I think the chiefs are in a better position health wise. And I think they're going to figure it out even without Tyree kill to win enough games. And I know that they are a very popular pick to fade in the AFC West with the Broncos and with the chargers and all these other teams that are upstart and looking like they're more complete teams, but I'm I'm putting my trust in a coach that I do trust, which is Andy Reid, and I'm putting my trust in a quarterback that I do trust, and and that's kind of what I did for the first pick as well, a little bit trusting uh, Sean McVay. So, uh, Rich, yeah, that was helping actually. I was like, ooh, second round Chiefs, Andy Reid plus Mahomes is gonna look real good. Uh, yeah, I'll swallow the bullet here. I think I'm gonna go with uh, with the Bucks. Uh, same thing, kind of same logic as the Packers. Just the, the floor feels too high. I mean, outside of the Saints, I mean, they're they're in a division with two really just bottom rung teams, the Panthers and the Falcons. A uh, little worried about like the the Buccaneers have like an old NWO type feel to them. Like you know, like it's like it's like <laughs> Hollywood Hogan, like Kevin Nash, uh, Razor Ramon, like all all the gray beards are out. Stings coming down from the rafter still. It's like when are these guys gonna quit? Uh, but in the NFC, I still think that they're still definitely at least a top three team. I think the floor is still really high. Uh, wish the interior line didn't have the amount of injuries it has, but uh, that's really the only thing that I'm going to poke a hole in right now on them. Yeah, that's kind of like – so I, I was going to use a different wrestling metaphor <laughs> for what the, the Buccaneers are doing because, like, we keep saying, like, Tom Brady's 45, like, this has to – like fall off at some point but like chris jericho is 51 right now and like he's doing some of the best work in his career like right now so if chris jericho can still be doing that at 51 i think tom brady can still be doing that at 45 uh so until until brady shows me he can't like i'm I'm just not gonna uh, we like we're smart enough for that now right like we're, we're not going to predict the brady fall off like we're all going to be purposely late predicting that because we know it's just not gonna happen until it does. So it swings to me. Um, this is oh. a, a team that I potentially like would have maybe taken first, but obviously like I wouldn't because of the division, but I'm going to go with the chargers. Like they'll be mm-hmm. my Super Bowl favorite. I think this is, you know, people say that the bills have the best roster in the league, but like at full strength, I think maybe like the chargers are up there and it's, it's closer than it probably should be. So um, it's, it's tough to say because like that division is going to be tough. That's probably going to be a bunch of teams beating up on each other for the most of the season, but um, they're great at quarterback. They're great at 
wide receiver. Uh, it's still a pretty good offensive line for the most part with like some really good pieces there. Uh, you'll get the defense of what they did. Like that was a bad defense last year and they did everything possible they could have done uh, in the off season to, to make that better. So uh, I'm looking at the chargers as one of the, the best teams of the league. And then I'll follow it up with uh, another team I've, I've been high on. I'll take another like second team in a division already, but I'll get, I'll go with the 49ers. You know, Rich and I talked about it uh, like last week or the, the week before. Or you know, we've been talking about it uh, quite a bit. This is a really good roster already. Um, we've kind of seen what a Trey Lance can be, um, and especially if you put it in like that Shanahan system, there's so many easy buttons that like he didn't necessarily hit last year that I kind of think are just going to be more ingrained in the offense. And we've seen the, the upside of what that can bring. So. Um, uh, really like what D'Amico Ryan's is probably going to do with the defense again. That's loaded with talent um, all over the place. You know, you're a little concerned about the secondary, but it's not much different than what it was last year. So, uh, yeah, Chargers 49ers um, feeling pretty good. Yeah, love the Chargers uh, a lot. I, I think too. I'm with you on like their entire roster. Everyone keeps kind of go back to like the old Lucy in the football with the Chargers of like, oh, this happened. Something's gonna something weird's gonna happen to the Chargers every year. Like this, this isn't the same team. You know, it's not the same yeah, coaching right. regime. Uh, yeah, and I love the defensive additions they made. I mean, Sebastian Joseph Day, Kyle Vanoy, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. I mean, hopefully, just Derwin plays a full season. Um, yeah, I, I'm all over the Chargers too as well. Uh, I'm sitting pretty though because the team I really wanted is still here in the third round, and it's the Colts. Um, okay. They, yeah, they, they have what our third. A- yeah, sure. That mighty AFC South coming in early. Uh, they have our third easiest. I mean, you see a theme going on with uh, what I'm going here. I'm, I'm looking at division winners, like safe division winners here. Uh, they have our third easiest schedule in the NFL. Uh, really, the Titans are the only threat uh, to them in that division. Uh, just going to stack wins in the AFC South. The addition from Matt Ryan to from Carson Wentz is just night and day upgrade. And this was a team that was second in the NFL in percentage of snaps led last year with Carson Wentz. Only the Bills led for more snaps uh, than the Colts did. Uh, so uh, this is still a defense, a defense too. I really like. I really like their their front seven a lot. Um, so I mean, yeah, Colts easy. We had, this is the team I was, I was eyeballing. I feel great to get them here. Yeah, I, I like that pick as well, Rich. And and next year, I think I'm going to have to figure out a way to not draft from the third spot here because this this two years in a row from the third spot is clearly one of the worst spots to be drafting from. Um, I, I really think that middle spot is is a great spot to be drafting because, Rich, I'm looking at your roster right now. You obviously have the two favorites to win the NFC in the far weaker conference. Um, and, you know, I think the Colts are, are, are one of the – most favored teams to win their division um, in the league. I'm going to go out of the box a little bit here, reaching down the, the, the board a tiny bit, and I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. And mm. it's primarily because I think the rest of their division still doesn't have their head screwed on right. I'm, I'm fading the Cowboys this year. I think that Washington is still – trying to sort things out and being able to go up against Carson Wentz a couple times should help the Eagles. Um, and I think the giants are still, you know, a work in progress. Other than that, the Eagles have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. So I'm going to reach a little bit for the Eagles and, you know, I'm going to go with another, wait, hold on. I don't think that's a reach. Well, I'm At passing, all. I'm passing like, over. This could be the best team in the NFC. Like, I don't think that's 
I will question. I will tell you I I I did bet a little bit on the Eagles to have the best record in the NFL at 25 to 1. I bet the Eagles to be the number 1 seed in the NFC at 16 to 1. So I do have a couple of those in our pocket um from a from a betting perspective, a long shot perspective. But from a pure odds perspective, they are a little bit down the board, but I hear you. it's not a massive reach and in fact, I think are these are they tied right now with the yeah, they're very actually they have slightly better odds than the Colts. So technically for, for the Super Bowl. And that's one of the things I think we need to uh, take into consideration is Super Bowl odds a little bit different than um, than odds to win, just win a lot of games. Right. And of course, the Colts have a far more difficult path to win the Super Bowl, but they do have a far easier method of winning games, um, whereas the Eagles in the NFC have an easier path to winning the Super Bowl. Um then do the Colts. That's why the odds are, are like that. And my number two, I'm going to go with the team that, you know, I'm obviously seem to be the biggest fanboy of, but it's the Baltimore Ravens. Um, this was the number one seed in the AFC at eight and three in early December prior to Lamar Jackson going down with injury. I think they have a better plan at running back. I think they have a better offensive line. I think their defense has improved. And then if you look at that AFC, yes, I do think that the Bengals, who are going to go off the board probably before I get to draft again, will uh, ha- be able to protect Joe Burrow a little bit more. And, you know, I-, I like the Bengals a lot, but I think the Steelers and the Browns obviously take step backs in this division. So I think that uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens as my first pick in the fourth round. Yeah, I was hoping about the, the third pick and he's taken yeah. two guys that like I yeah. might have taken with my pick instead of the 49ers. So I Warren, you're doing all right. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> I wanted the Eagles for sure coming up here, especially, I mean, the Eagles, when you look at their opening nine games, I mean, there's a realistic chance they could have as, as like a ceiling outcome, maybe seven to eight wins. I mean, their opening nine games are look really, really soft on paper. Uh, obviously, a lot rides until Jalen Hurts improving, but I mean, he's a player that's improved every year he's played football. I think that that's going to continue. Offensive line, best in the NFL. Add playmaker and AJ Brown. Defense is is absolutely loaded. They just made another great set of transactions yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on the Eagles too. I think this is a pro Eagles podcast. Um, I mean, I'm just going to take it. It's, it's, and I'll put Dan, I'll make it so Dan has, doesn't have to take him. It's a team we haven't really, we've kind of been detractors of based on just maybe expectations. But I mean, here I have, I've got to take the Bengals. Uh, you know, just this is, feels like a really, really sweet spot to get back on them. Well, with some of the regression being priced in that we're kind of expecting. It's, I still don't believe in Zach Taylor. Uh, the, you know, this is a situation where I believe talent overcame Zach Taylor last year, and that still could be a problem. But, Offensive line additions, huge help. Uh, you know, when the Bengals weren't – when they didn't suffer a sack on a drive, uh, they were second in the NFL in touchdown rate per drive. The defense is still solid. So, I mean, I just think right here, even for not being in love with the Bengals, I feel like right here I'm going to take them over one of the the remaining AFC West team that people are on. And, like, the Browns uh, can't do it yet. Uh, so, the Bengals feel like the, the just the, the chalk pick here. Yeah, I think that makes some sense. And like we've we've talked about like the the regression stuff, and I just wrote about them yesterday for the site and some of the deep passing. And I kind of went into that article thinking it was just going to be like about deep passing regression, and there's no way they're going to be able to you know be the best in the league like they were last year. And then I kind of 
as I looked into it a little more, like they made better adjustments over the second half than like I really thought they did. Um, there were still some, you know, shorter passes that were working well uh, against like that, the too high. And we know they're probably going to see more of that this year. And like Burrow has said that. And like we've also, you know, talked about there's the difference between the too high structure and, and teams actually playing too high coverages. And like the Chiefs are a team that teams actually played too high coverages against. And I think the, the Bengals might be that mm-hmm. this year, but they already kind of, yeah, they had some answers that were able to, they laid the foundation a, a little bit. So I'm, I'm a little higher on them now than I think I was, you know, earlier in the off season. Uh, but yeah, still like I would pick Baltimore to be the, the favorite with them. Like, I don't think we went wrong there uh, in that division. So I am uh, talking about the Bengals as I stall to figure out what I want to do <laughs> with this pick. Um, but giants are still there. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And, and they'll be there for a while. Um, <laughs> all right. Cause, cause Panthers as in. well. Panthers are still there, Dan. All right. Let's, let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. All right. Uh, go with the Vikings. Uh, I'm, I'm super in on the Vikings this year. It, it kind of seems like it's it's every year you kind of like look at the Vikings and go, this could break, right? And then it kind of never does. It's it's kind of like a, a Chargers thing. Uh, but again, a uh, new new staff here. Um, this is a, a head coach who doesn't, cur- at least currently, openly hate his quarterback and offense. Um, so that's going to help. I think they have uh, some, some defensive talent there um, that – uh, is going to be doing some cool things. I think already, like in the in the preseason, they were uh, the leaders in you know running some cover six uh, type stuff. So I think they'll be doing some really cool stuff on defense with with some of the those players that they have there. Um, and I think like I'm not really worried about the defense. I think the offense under Kevin O'Connell is going to be really good. Like Kirk is a good quarterback. Like we we kind of use that as mm-hmm. like derogatory when we're talking about Kirk Cousins, but I think he can he can be like. Jared Goff plus uh, in this offense. And I think when you look at like what Justin Jefferson is going to do, like this is an offense that's going to put up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Um, And and I think they're probably closer to the Packers than we want to admit, Um, especially with, you know, some of the issues that Green Bay might have uh, in the receiving court. So um, I would say like Minnesota is probably a fair shot at at a wild card at least. So uh, I think this is a pretty good uh, spot to be taking them here. I like, I'll interrupt you while you're thinking of your next pick and tell you obviously that we bet the Vikings to make the playoffs. So we're definitely rooting for that one to come through. Like you said, uh, good, good opportunity to make the playoffs. And I definitely agree with you there. Um, so can't, can't hate that one, Dan. Can't hate that one. Hopefully you're right. What do you got next? All right. I'll, I'll go with the Broncos. Um, I'm not totally sure I'm like super in on, on year one of this because I think it might take a, a little bit of time to gel, uh, to figure out what is going to be a Russell Wilson offense and what is, you know, going to be the, the Nate Hackett offense. But I think they'll, they'll blend together eventually. Like there's, there's still some pieces on defense that are going to be good. Like this team's not going to be bad. Like Russell Wilson does not quarterback bad teams. Like Russell Wilson is very good. Uh, so I think we've kind of overlooked that. Like even, last year um with a- everything that went on like the seahawks were still like seventh or eighth in offensive dvoa um and that was like with wilson being injured and then coming back before he should have like this like russell wilson's really good and he's gonna like make a good offense so um 
because I, I don't really like some of the other options or at least, you know, being uh, emotionally tied to uh, some of the other options in this area. So uh, I'll go, just go with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I've been high on the Broncos too. I'm real curious to see if this ends up being, I really want to see what this offense looks like. Obviously we need to see it in the preseason, but does it end up just looking like every Russell Wilson offense or do, is there some kind of marriage here, you know, with Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson? Um you know, that, that's what we're all kind of waiting to see. But, the man. As opening... long as they bomb it to Cortland Sutton, Rich. As long as <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. You do need those Cortland Sutton yards. That's yes. what we do. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm definitely – they're one of the teams I'm most looking forward to at the start of the season for sure. Um, this is an interesting spot here. I think this is now where we kind of get in the area where we're all going to start picking some of our teams that we believe can overachieve. Uh, or And we're going to start seeing some teams that maybe we pass on that we believe could disappoint. And I know that Warren likes this team, but I really like them too. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins ah. here. <laughs> um, I, I've talked about them on this podcast. I'm just, this is the way I would have built a football team. Like if I'm building an offense, like this, they just got, went out and got all the fastest guys. They got Mike McDaniel. They're going to be running a, a scheme that's successful. Uh, and it's also, I believe it's going to be more, way more multiple than any of the previous, you know, Shanahan system schemes. And we've seen that a little bit in the preseason. This team's going to run a lot more 11 personnel than, than I think people think. Um, I think Tua is completely adequate as a facilitator. This is a team that won nine games last year. They had three offensive coordinators. Uh, that's not happening this year. Uh, the defense is really good. There's a lot of talent on the defense. Um, so this is just a team I've been high on. It might be a couple spots to reach on, but I know Warren likes them. I didn't want to let him have them. Yeah, you're definitely right about that because they would not have lasted um, if past me for sure. Um, now I'm in an interesting spot because as, as you mentioned, there are a lot, there aren't any of the teams that are looking at the Super Bowl odds here on our screen. There aren't any teams that are currently on the board that are close that I'm actually over on that are still on the board. Like I have mm -hmm. not bet any of these teams over. Um, so I'm now trying to figure out if I decide to maximize the high floor, even though I don't think their ceilings are high and go with teams like Dallas, who's still on the board and Arizona, who's still on the board, both of which I bet unders on their win totals. Or if I go with a team like, because, because I do think, you know, there's enough talent elsewhere on those rosters that they're unless their quarterback gets hurt which you could say for all of these teams i don't think they're winning like six games or less right like i do think that there's a high enough floor right. there with those teams um or do i go with the team that you know could have a higher ceiling than i believe that those teams have but also could have a pretty low floor um it pains me to do it but i think i am going to go with the Arizona Cardinals here. I just, I just am not a fan of of of, of Cliff at all. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and do it, whatever. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and reach for the New Orleans Saints. And I think the Saints, another team that plays in the NFC, so I'm I'm stacking a couple of NFC teams. And if Jameis is good and they got enough players at receiver now that they didn't have last year and the defense can still play well, which they, I feel like they still have a very sound and solid defense. Uh, if they can get some of these wins against Tom Brady still, we, we think he might, you know, that team, the Bucks lasted all the way until the fifth pick. Um, so if that team takes a slight step back and the Saints have done really well against them, I've got tons of questions about Jameis. I got tons of questions about Pete Carmichael. 
but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints in this spot. Well, you returned the favor coming back because I was eyeballing the Saints. I was trying to put the pressure on you to take the Cardinals and Cowboys, and you took <laughs> one, but not both. Uh, I mean, I, I really like the Saints uh, a lot this year, you know, especially in something like this, you know, where the schedule lines up. Uh, you, you hate to see them already snake bit with the Trevor Penning injury because that was the kind of one of their bugaboos last year with offensive line injuries. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he comes back soon. So I'll reluctantly take the Cowboys. Not really going to add any commentary except for, like Warren said, like the odds that they probably bottom out and, like, lose, like, six or fewer games is probably a little low, but – we talked about them a lot on the last podcast about why we're kind of on the under of the wins for them. This is more of just kind of a purgatory pick on I won't go broke making it. Yep, I completely agree. <laughs> All right, Dan, back to I you. Have to pick the amount of teams that I just don't want to pick in this area. Like I just well, we're there. That's the rest of the draft now. This is where it's well, fun. I- this is where this is where you win the draft, though. Like these yes. top teams that we picked, like Bills, Packers, Rams, Chargers, Bucks, Chiefs. I mean, all these top six that we picked each in the first couple of rounds. I mean, realistically, unless any quarterback goes down, these teams aren't losing. You know, aren't aren't falling below eight wins in any of them. So where you win is what Dan was able to do last year, where he he picked the Bengals at the last pick of the draft. Any of these teams that we yeah, picked first in this year area, the Bears, the first year who, the who Bears. are projected to win like six, seven games, <laughs> that then go out and win 10, 11 games, will, will really change things yep. a lot in this draft. Yeah, man, I just, I still just don't want to. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, this. See, one of the other things is kind of some some game theory because the Raiders are probably the pick to go with here. You get that two throws of them. me. What was that? You get two. Yeah, but like then that gives me three teams in the AFC West. So I'm just like mm. hoping they're all good. I have heard, I'll tell you this, I have heard a, a, an announcer out there, a so talking head out there, suggest that all four teams in the AFC West are going to the playoffs this year. No way. <laughs> So that was a take. So, you know, at least you can believe that, uh, that, that other people would, might feel the same way, Dan. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll go with the Raiders just because like, again, they're not going to be bad, which I think is our bar here. Um, you know, Derek Carr is fine. I think like the, the way we've kind of as a group talked about some of his aggressiveness last year, uh, I think it is a little overhyped um, because it, it ends up being like two games. And then like that throws off his like deep throwing rates for like the entire season. Uh, but then most of the year he still plays like Derek Carr. but again, like you add Devonte Adams there, um, you know, Darren Waller is, uh, you know, out with an injured contract. Um, so hopefully that will, uh, you know, to come back. So it, it's a good offense. I think I, there's still some concerns about like the secondary, but do like Patrick Graham. I think he's a guy who like does some, some fun things. So, um, you know, it, it's not a team. I, I think it's you know, a weird place to take a team. I think is easily the fourth best in its own division. Uh, but when you look at some of the other teams around this area, um, yeah, not great. All right. I'm going to go with the Steelers to, Mm. back up just because uh this is a this is belief in mike tomlin mm-hmm. I, I don't believe in almost anything other uh 
anything else on this team, like except for the wide receivers. Um, but this is a this is a Mike Tomlin bet. Um, he is yet to have like a really bad team. Um, but like, if if he can get to, I mean, obviously he can't finish five hundred uh, in the league anymore. But uh, if he can get to like eight or nine wins with uh, with uh, Trubisky, Pickett, uh, Jumbo here, like man, watching. I don't want to say watching the Steelers in the preseason was like watching them last year, but like it wasn't like that different. Like the, the Kenny Pickett's throwing like five yards per, like an eight out of, of five. Like it's all speed outs. Um, like he threw like three passes that were more than 20 yards past the line of scrimmage. And two of them came in the last preseason game. Um, so like that's, that's not, looking like. it's it's a lot of motion to run like three yards. Um, so that's what the offense is. It's just, that's what the Steelers are going to be this year. But uh, I'm kind of, Again, they're, they're probably not going to be bad. Hopefully, we'll see. But yeah, and that's I mean, super went, exciting. But it's a Mike Tomlin hedge. He went five hundred with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Uh, right, there's at least some faith there that, that, that he can get there. Uh, I was hoping they'd go a little bit later. Uh, yeah, you're right. We're at the point where we don't want to take any teams. I mean, listen, this is another. I'm just going with another floor pick and take the Titans. Um, this is a team that just like yeah, I don't feel like it bottoms out. It's not a team I love. Vrabel's won nine or more games every year there, um, although he does a lot of things that I wouldn't do. Um, but it's why he has a job, and I don't. Uh, but this is a team that's going to run the football, not turn it over. They've got a, they've got pass rushers. Uh, they've got some secondary pieces that really stepped up in Christian Fulton last year. Uh, and they have two really good safeties. So, I mean, it's just it's a pick in the AFC South, uh, looking for like eight-plus wins here. Yeah, that's know, like how, the other. How- I don't know. How sure are we that they don't bottom out? They could. I mean, they could. The offensive line is a real problem for the Titans. It's terrible. And like, so Ryan Tannehill, like his thing has been that he's good without pressure. Um, But he's gotten worse without pressure over the past two years. And then is like, has been terrible under pressure. And I think like that is a thing. And like, there's no AJ Brown. Like, who is he throwing to this year? I'm a little more worried uh, about the the tie and like they're it feels like they're just going to use Derrick Henry like they've used Derrick Henry and like nothing ever happened uh and that that worries me a little bit like and, and Tannehill was still like 11th in interception rate last year so like the the safe not turning the ball over is not really a thing with him over the past couple of years and it's gotten worse so I'll side bet you that the Titans finish with more wins than the Steelers right now all right I mean, what I mean, I don't you you know. Do Actually, I don't want do to. Do I don't want to. I don't want to be that emotionally invested in the Steelers. Like, I don't have that strong of a take. You got. You got but. to do that side bet, Dan. You got to. Do it. You got to do it. Figure out what you guys want to do. You got to do that one, because uh, then that way you have to root for. Uh, yeah, for, I mean, if there's a take I want to stand by here, it's not that the Steelers are going to be good. Like that. That's not the take I want to come away this podcast like having the strongest hold on. Let me let me ask you, Rich. What what do you think about um, Robert Woods this year? Are from a fantasy perspective, from a production perspective, are you higher than market on him or market? Uh, no, just because I mean he's not what I look for typically in fantasy, and especially him the way his production was last year with the Rams and him being in the Rams offense and expecting him to it wasn't even that good in the Rams offense. So moving over to a lower volume passing game. Um, but listen, what happens? when Malik Willis starts playing and running around. There, well, well, what will happen is he'll take, take about five seconds in the pocket each time, but <laughs> he, he will be exciting. That's for sure. 
No, no. Um, I don't like Dan. I don't want everything to contingent on me loving the Titans, but you know, like Tomlin, it's the same thing. Like Vrabel has this this kind of alligator blood mentality, man. Yeah, no, they're they're a t- they're a tough team, um, tough team to peg because they seem to overachieve. Like for consistent years, this team is projected to win less games than they actually do deliver. And I don't love their defense. I don't love their philosophy. And yet they maybe in concert with, I mean, they've won so many close games and they do pretty good in division that it's just difficult. I mean, this team has done really well against the Indianapolis Colts, you know, the the team that everybody always projects to be that division champion for the AFC, the AFC South, the team that's going to take those steps. And then um, obviously, you know, the Titans always seem to have their number and always seem to perform well. And what you, you've got both of those teams in your draft and you drafted the Titans uh, four rounds later, five rounds later. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty interesting there. Um, Okay. Well, what do you think? Last question for you about them. What do you think about Traylon Burks? I know from like uh, uh, archetype and a measurables, you were big on him coming in. What have you seen this preseason? Has that changed your mind? Are you trying to grab him in fantasy drafts? Are you letting other people do that? What's your thought on him currently? Uh, I still think he's going to be a guy that they're going to need. He was a guy that when you go back to Arkansas, the way he was utilized was always going to have more of a learning curve in the NFL than some of the other receivers taken in the first round. So to see him kind of like struggle with some of the nuances of having to, you know, win outside one-on-one, I think is not something I didn't anticipate happening. What I would like to see happen though, is the Titans use him as like a a marriage of what he was at Arkansas while fleshing out that role. And they're still going to need him because I mean, this is a team that cannot really lean on Nick Westbrook, Akine being like the wide receiver too for like a substantial part of the season. And Kyle Phillips is a really solid player. He's definitely going to fit this scheme really well because he's one of the nastiest run blocking receivers uh, in this draft. So, I mean, they're going to have to get Traylon Burks on the field. It's not going to be a situation where he's buried long. I don't think. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go with a team that I am massively down on this year relative to market. And I think does not stand a very good chance to make the playoffs. Um, but it's Bill Belichick and they won 10 games last year. So I'm going with the Patriots here. Um, again, I don't love it. I'm going to make all the Patriots fans who listen to this podcast who don't like me for my other Patriots takes uh, now have mixed emotions about the fact that I'm willing to draft them here. And I'm not going to say any more negative things about them so they don't have any more ammo to utilize. But I will draft the Patriots at this spot. And then I'm looking at the board and I'm going to go with a team that I think has upside, um, even though I don't believe that it's going to be as massive as some other people think this year. And and I'm going to go down the board a little bit and go with the Jacksonville Jaguars, simply Mm. a bet on year two leap for Trevor Lawrence and the offense and ability to actually professionally run an organization of Doug Peterson. Um, He's obviously, he obviously got more out of Carson when Carson was young and healthy before all of his injuries. um, than I think the market expected and I'm optimistic in a slightly weaker division against a slightly weaker schedule that the Jacksonville Jaguars will have some success here. Now, that being said, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not picking Washington, who's one of the next teams on this list and who will surely be gone by the time I pick again. 
And, you know, Jacksonville is a three-point underdog to Washington week one. Um, so certainly the betting market views Washington as slightly better than the Jacksonville Jaguars um, because the home field advantage is no longer worth three points, particularly in Washington. So on a neutral, this would probably be more like a two-point, uh, sorry, a one-point favorite for Washington. Um, but I... I'm going to just go ahead and go with them. So Jacksonville here is my first pick of the, uh, what are we in the eighth round now? Nice. That's a bold call. I appreciate that one. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't help me uh, with, with what's left. Cause obviously we're in the, the, the point where like all these teams are kind of purgatory or bad. So we're going to try to run into, you're trying to run into a Jaguars like eight to 10 win season, you know? Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm still not going to do that. I'm going to go with more of a floor pick and just take the Browns. Uh, nothing about this is exciting at all. Really, really, everything about their situation from the entire summer has been darkness. Uh, everything that's been handled with Deshaun Watson has been a disaster. Uh, the offensive line definitely might not be as good. I know we had them rank highly, but I think when you look at it, they're going to be on their third center. Jedrick Wills like hasn't has been up and down in the NFL. We don't know what they're going to put out at right tackle. Um, you got Jacoby Brissett. It's not great. It doesn't really feel good. There's a lot of talent here, and like the schedule is like kind of favorable. I mean, you look at when they're not going to have Sean Watson. I mean, they open with the Panthers and the Jets. They also play the Falcons in Week Four. Um, it's you're just hoping to tread water here, and I just have like a maybe a close to 500 team like last year. It's a team that did win eight games last year. Uh, with an injured quarterback and a, a lot of injuries overall. But uh, nothing about the Browns offseason feels particularly good right now. Nope. I, <laughs> no. All right. So let's move on. Uh, all right. I got two picks here, and I feel somewhat better about like the picks in this area that I'm going to make than like I felt about the other ones. Uh, so back to back here, we're going to go with, uh, the Detroit Lions, um, mm. who like not super high on. Like I think some of the the Lions hype has gotten a little out of control. Um, but like this is a team that's I, I th- doing well, right? Like they're on the right path. Um, it, even if it's not necessarily going to be like a successful twenty twenty two path, like we I think we all can agree. Like they're they're laying a good foundation. Uh, they have some fun stuff. Like the coaching staff. Um, you know, that wide receiver group is going to be, you know, a lot of fun, um, you know, and, and when things are going well, like this is a really good offensive line. And when like, that is a thing, golf can be fine. Um, so like, I'm not really expecting wild card for them like this year. So I think like, but like over six and a half wins, like sure. Um, I think some of the the other hype, uh, were a little carried away, but like, this is a team that I think is, is going to be watchable, which is you know, more than you could probably have said for the Lions like the past couple years. Um, and then I'm going to I'm going to go with the Panthers uh, after that because this is a team that like has some like really good overlooked pieces. And I think like so much of what they've been doing at quarterback and just the overall just that whole thing has like really just soured a lot of people on like what the Panthers are. Um, but this is a team like DJ Moore is very good. Um, we know like Robbie Anderson can be good when used 
correctly. Uh, like we've talked about the, the difference in usage of him, like when he was like this really good slot receiver um, in 2020. And then they just completely moved away from that um, last season. And I think if they, they get him a little bit uh, more into like where he won, um, and then like we go to the quarterback, like Baker Mayfield's over Sam Darnold is like a significant upgrade. Like injured Baker Mayfield in 2021 has been better than anything Sam Darnold has put on the field in, in his career. And especially what Sam Darnold was in, in 2021. Um, so I think with a healthy Mayfield, like it's going to be fine. Um, so I'm not like really worried about what that offense is going to be. And that was such a hindrance for everything they did. Like this was you know, a top 10 defense for most of the year until some injuries kind of fell off late in the year. I think Phil Snow does some like really fun things. They're going to have JC Horn uh, back hopefully for a full year. Like, and he was excellent um, mm-hmm. in his like few games that, that he played. I think they have a lot of talent on that defense. And I think they're going to be doing a lot of interesting stuff with some of the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the simulated pressures and things that they're they're bringing. So I think like this is this is a fun defense that has a lot of talent on it. I think that the quarterback upgrade is gigantic, um, and I think like we just kind of people were writing off Baker, but like this is that that that's huge, um, especially like they could not function uh, last year on offense. And I think like this is at least going to be a functional offense. Um, I'd feel better about it if it was Joe Brady instead of Ben McAdoo, but. And that could use a, a fine offensive coordinator. Um, I just don't think you, you don't want him being a head coach, which is not going to be the, the problem here. So I think there's there's enough pieces in place where like this can be a, a passable team um, that uh, I think like everyone's just kind of writing them off as a disaster. And I'm not totally sure that's the case. I think yeah, this, that was a sharp pick, man. Uh, this because, is a team. Yeah. This is a team that, yeah, Rich, I agree with you and Dan. Like this is a team that I was – worse on and 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 obviously like to poke fun at like their front office and their personnel and decision making but like this is a team that as we get a closer to the start of the season i am more of a believer in than the current market right the market mm-hmm. has sold this team a lot but they went two and eight in one score games last year sure they had a few bad blowouts but a couple of those were against like the bucks and the the Bills, you know, obviously massively strong pedigree teams that blow out a ton of teams. There's nothing to be ashamed of there. Um, and yeah, of course, they started off the season last year winning some games against some bad teams. But I completely agree with Dan um, with regard to the quarterback upgrade and just their ability to play in a lot of these close games with a bad quarterback situation last year uh, that that I'm now a little bit higher on the market than than um, than I was certainly, you know, back in. February and March. I think when you look at the remaining teams that were left and you just look at it from a pure talent perspective, the Panthers by far had the most talent of any team left over. The reasons we're down on them are because we believe their head coach is a donkey uh, and, and, you know, could be fired and like, you know, by, by week six or week eight, you know, uh, that's kind of really the, the thing. And, you know, we don't believe in the quarterback situation, but they, They've got Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. They upgraded the offense line. They've got Brian Burns. They've got Jason Horn. There's, there's like talent here. Jeremy, there's a lot of talent here compared to the teams that are left. Like it's really easy to say talent wins out at this point of the draft. And that's why I thought it was a good pick. And I was looking at them. I'll just reluctantly take the chalk and just high floor again. I think I'll just take the commanders. Um, I mean, listen, they've won at least seven games the past two years. So, and that's with Taylor Heineke. I mean, it could be worse with, with cars once it absolutely could be um but you know they play in the right division they've got still one of our best schedules over at sharp football analysis so like the schedule lines up 
Uh, there's really not a lot of commentary to really add here. I just think it's a team that probably wins six to eight games. Yeah, that, another high floor pick there, uh, Rich. And I think that that's a savvy move. I'm going to go with the Giants for my next pick. Um, a, a pick that I think this team is still like years away because the general manager needs the opportunity to get in there and pick out his own ingredients and shop for them. And they're just really hamstrung with the salary cap right now and potentially the quarterback situation right now as, as well. Um, but I, I think from a coaching perspective, just philosophically, you can't get much further away from what they were doing over the last couple of years, which to me was total lack of emphasis on, skipping third downs total lack of care about trying to be explosive down the field and just setting themselves up to be in third down and let's convert a third and short every single offensive series where versus what I think Dable and Kafka are going to do this year which is try to coach this team to bypass third downs try to build in a little bit more explosive offense use the quarterback's legs a little bit more and that alone even if the rest of the roster is identical to last year should result in a couple more wins i don't see a very high ceiling whatsoever though for this season um but i, I best of the bunch so to speak in my opinion and then this last hold one on, is hold on i want to jump in here the giants are plus 1400 on bet mgm to have the worst record in the league and i love that bet um i they're heading in the right direction they're doing the right things but god this roster is bad and like on purpose um like this defense is going to give up a billion points uh, and I'm not sure how there's any way around that. Talk to they're going to be such a fun fantasy defense because they're going to blitz Hortendale so much. Ran yeah, talk to the people about why why that is, Dan. Tell people why you think they're going to give up a ton of points. Oh. Wink Martindale ran cover zero in the preseason 13.4% of the time. The next highest rate in the preseason was like 6.7%. So he ran cover zero more than double, which is that everyone's blitzing man coverage across the board. I live about 10 minutes away from Giant Stadium. I am expecting a call at some point to play cornerback for this team because there is zero depth there. Like their best corner is Adoree Jackson, who hasn't played like a good full year in, in a while. Like he was okay last year, um, but you're counting on him. Uh, like your next guys up are like Aaron Robinson, who... It has really been up and down. You know, Cordell Flott was a, a third round pick who's going to probably play the nickel. They went into the initial 53 man cuts with three safeties on the roster. They've added a couple guys. They just put Tony Jefferson on the practice squad. But like, this is a secondary that cannot hold up in man coverage, which is like all Wink Martindale wants to do. Um, and so, like, there are going to be a lot of passes thrown on this team. There are going to be a lot of big gains thrown on this team when a big blitz does not get there because they they just don't have the guys to do it. Um, and then, like, Daniel Jones is bad. Like, I think Brian Dable is very good at what he does. Uh, I, just, I just don't think it's quite good enough this year to, like, get over what um, what Daniel Jones is. Uh, if Kadarius Tony ever gets on the field... Um, like he's the only receiving option. Like who else are they throwing to you? Like it was Colin Johnson tore his Achilles and that was a big deal <laughs> for the giants. Right. So like, this is the type of thing, like we're, we're talking about for this team. Like this is not a good roster. Like it's part of the plan, but for 2022, I think it's going to be very ugly. 
Yeah, I think the, de- the the point you make about their defense and the blitzing and and the fact that this is so different a talent situation. I was actually on a Giants podcast uh, yesterday talking about this, but the talent discrepancy here between them, the Giants of 2022 versus the Ravens of the past several years in the secondary, like the players that they have there is very different. Number one, from a talent perspective. And number two, Baltimore was playing with a lead frequently in that second half. So, so much became very predictable about what that opposing offense was going to have to do. Um, When you're playing the Giants in 2022 and you're playing at a deficit in the second half and that offense has the entire playbook open and can do whatever they want and your corners aren't good and your depth isn't good. And it really is going to be a very different scenario for Wink than what he was dealing with in Baltimore. Completely agree with you. Right. We like the reason the Ravens defense didn't work last year is because every corner got hurt. And like the Giants are starting with that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. So my last pick, uh, it it doesn't matter. uh, Revealing strategy. I'm juggling between uh, two NFC teams here. I'm juggling between the Bears and the Falcons. um, And I'm just going to go with who I think is the more talented quarterback and that's Justin Fields. So I'm going to go with the bears, even though I think this team has a very good chance, just like you mentioned, Dan, about the giants of having the worst record in the NFL, the lack of talent around him is, is frankly appalling. Um, But if he steps up and plays Superman, which I don't think that the Falcons have any quarterback on that they're on their roster that can do that. I think that's going to help. And the schedule for the bears is one of the easier ones as compared to the schedule for, the Atlanta Falcons, which is absolutely brutal. So um, toss up here. I'm just going with the Bears and ending this draft for me. I wanted the Bears with the last pick. I mean, they're still, the Bears won six games with Matt Nagy last year. So, you know, they, they pulled six out. The, the, the coaching staff's improved. And, like, what if just some of the young talent is better than we attribute it to right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball? Like, we, we know the offensive line is still going to, they're going to have to work around that. But the defensive side of the ball, like they've got some guys that at least you can say like offer some ceilings, you know, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, like Eddie Jackson. Like there's at least guys like over there. You can talk yourself into, you can squint to see it. Um, whereas and like, what if know, Justin Fields is just good? Right. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, just, the, bear, the Bears they, like, are a team, can be good like, at football. They could absolutely be terrible. I'm not saying they can't be, but I mean, I think from a game theory stance, it's just like you wanted to go with an NFC team there to have maybe an, an upside of just running more wins. And like, yeah, I could see a scenario still where the Bears like end up being better than like at least what the market thinks. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. But. Do we think, let, let's ask this question. Do we think that any of the teams in this round have the ability to perform a Cincinnati Bengals? You know, like like we last year, Bengals team went from in an expectation sense. That's hard because like, w- like you're betting at like we would pick those teams a lot higher, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Is there is there if we really thought that we would have picked them higher? But uh, is there a yeah. world? It's just so that's what's so fun about the NFL is like yeah, right, right now we're sitting here and we don't think any of these teams could make a run to the Super Bowl, but it happened last year. Yeah, so I mean, basically the the same thing uh, like you were between is that I'm just going to take the Falcons. Uh, uh, you know, I know the Jets are still out there, but like their schedule, it's just hard to like see like a path to wins in the AFC, right? Especially with the Jets schedule. Like the Falcons are going to be awful. 
but at least like them playing in the NFC, like might gives me like a puncher's chance, like to run into maybe six, like six wins, just them to not be the worst team in the NFL, which they very well could be. But I mean, this offensive line is trash. Uh, the wide receiver core could be really, really bad, especially if this Drake London injury is a thing. Um, but I will say Arthur Smith and Dan's brought it up that like the preseason, at least like if they're going to like be a bad offense, it looks like they're actually going to be creative this year, which they weren't at all last year. And yeah. if they're going to be running some more pistol and using these mobile quarterbacks, that at least gives them something different like to have to circumvent some of this lack of talent from the pass catching stance outside of Kyle Pitts. And if London's not back, uh, they do have good cornerbacks. The rest of this defense is really rough. I mean, Grady Jarrett is, is a good player. Um, but yeah, I'm just basically like Warren said, I wanted to take an NFC team uh, just for the path of just hopefully running into a couple wins. I will say this on the Falcons. I totally agree. That's why I was debating them. You know, I, I did bet they're under earlier this offseason before the preseason game started. And they are one of the teams where I'm like, hmm, you know, if, if, if any of these bets I don't love as much as I did when I bet it, it might be them because this the creativity that this coaching staff has shown definitely was very different than what the same staff was doing last year with the players that they had. And I could not understand when you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, why you're taking the ball out of his hands and running the ball so much on first down. But at least now they're dialing up a lot more creativity. So maybe they you know, that's that is a sign of progress. Maybe they saw what they did last year. They identified some of the things in the offseason like in the heat of the, in the fog of war, so to speak, we didn't notice that we were doing all of these terrible things that, you know, worked in Tennessee, but don't work when you don't have Derrick Henry or an offensive line. So let's change some things up this off season. And so despite having the same coach, they may be going in a slightly different direction. And that's what I was picking up on this preseason in some of the games. And Dan wrote about that in the pistol and some great nuggets on that. So they are a team that, um, Though they do have a lower win total than the Chicago Bears, I think Chicago at least was six and a half and, and the Falcons were five. Um, you know, they, they could surprise a little bit if this coaching staff gets on track and does more of what they were doing in the preseason and stays creative and less predictable. All right, that's you, Dan. Last, last but not least. Yeah, I'm going to stick uh, in the NFC here. I'll, I'll go with the Seahawks. Um, again, like, yeah, I think you kind of look at what the offense is, is going to be. Um, I think there, there might be like, again, like we've kind of talked about the, the Russell Wilson offense, like the, the offense will be a little more structured in a way that like, I think will suit Geno Smith, not in a sense that like, it's going to be better. Um, but I think there'll be a little more structure to it. And I think like when you look at the wide receivers, it's still DK Beckhoff and Tyler Lockett. Like it's not going to be a terrible passing game, which is fine. I think, you know, Rashad Penny is like was the best running back in, in the league over the last stretch of uh of, of last season. Like obviously that's pr- probably not going to sustain, but like there's still pieces there. I think this defense is going to be one of those that's going to do a lot of cool things, just doesn't necessarily have the talent to pull it off successfully uh over the year. Like they they brought in all of the, you know, the Fangio guys who are going to start implementing some of that stuff uh in, in the system. Um, you know, they have some young corners who probably do need some time to develop. Um, but you know, but I think it that they'll be interesting at least. And like, they could potentially have the worst record in the league and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I think like, again, like this is the Seahawks. So like to bring the, the Kevin Clark tweet 
like the Seahawks never play a normal game. So we'll, we'll see if like that is something that continues without Russell Wilson. Um, but I think that there's enough structure here. There's enough talent in some places. Um, you know, I'd be worried about the Jets with a healthy Zach Wilson. And so if we have now Zach Wilson coming off with, with an injury, like that doesn't, uh, even though like the rest of the roster is, is pretty good, um, having a, a bad quarterback. And like I just don't want to talk about the Texans like literally at all. So I think that that's where I, I come down on this last pick. I like it. As I'm looking over the teams here in our document, you know, one interesting thing that stands out to me with Rich's team is a lot of pedigree on Rich's, the teams that Rich drafted. Uh, no first year head coaches on the teams that Rich, on the team that Rich drafted. Uh, my, my team, if we're judging it based upon first year coaches tend to struggle, my team is in, in trouble because of the last five, four of my five do have first year head coaches. Um, so I don't love that. Um, wasn't, wasn't, um, focusing on that while I was picking these teams, but I don't love that. I think Dan, your top five are really stacked with a blend of like, we know we're going to get great production out of these quarterbacks to a couple quarterbacks that might have higher upside. Um, so I, I think this is going to be fun. If, if, if I was doing this again next year, I would be picking, I would, and I had the first pick, I would be voting to pick from the number two slot. Cause Dan, you might've uh, felt this too, but the, the having to go twice in a row and then missing out on four teams does kind of uh, is kind of an impediment, but um, overall, I think, I think uh, I put rich as a slight favorite, not because he picked from the two hole, but because um, he's got a lot of like high floor teams, which I think is, is, a, is a good way to go. I'm hoping that we get, you know, a Justin Fields breakout, a Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence breakout, these, these guys in there, you know, and young quarterbacks with the new coaching staff can really, uh, you know, dial things up this season. So this is fun. What do you guys think? How, how do you feel about your teams in general? I mean, sitting in the middle, you just kind of take what comes to you, you know? It was uh, definitely don't love taking teams like the Cowboys and Browns and Titans and Commanders, but, like, that's just kind of where, like, the board fell off. And I was just trying to scoop up uh, where I thought they were value at that time. So I I do. I feel like I got a lot of high-floor teams except for the Mr. Elvin pick, uh, which I was hoping to be the Bears. Hopefully hopefully I don't regret not getting a 10th-round Bears on this roster. (laughs) <laughs> Dan, what's what's the team? I know you obviously loved your Panthers pick. I think we all did. That was a great pick at that point in time. What is the team on your board that you're going to find the most difficulty rooting for this year? Uh, like did you, you you that you really enter the season thinking that this team is going to struggle and you're kind of you don't like them whatsoever, but now you're going to have to kind of root for them. I mean, is there any team like that? Yeah, it's probably it's still probably the Steelers, which like I made very clear when I was depicting them. I don't really believe in the quarterbacks, but uh, the, the, I think the the overall coaching staff is good. I don't want to go on another Steelers rant. Um, <laughs> like I, I just, no, nothing from the quarterbacks really like showed me anything we didn't know during the preseason. Like even though like all of their metrics and stuff were, were fine. But if you like actually watch them, like it, it, it wasn't fun. Like it was, what we expect Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett to look like. And I think turning that into the regular season is going to have slightly different results, but from where they were in the draft, I'd hedge on Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin is a good coach. So we'll, we'll go there. 
All right. Well, that, that wraps it up, guys. Make sure that you check out sharpfootballanalysis.com and use the coupon code WEEK1, W-E-E-K-O-N-E, and you get 77% off your first week. Uh, join us as we embark upon the season. Week one is here. Uh, we're going to be getting all of Rich's outstanding worksheet articles. He's already in the process of writing those up. Those will be here before we know it. Uh, top of the week next week and breaking down every single game, every single player that's going to be relevant from a fantasy perspective. So hope you guys are on board and enjoying that. Go to Sharp Football Analysis, grab a package. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to disapp- uh, be disappointed. Good luck in your fantasy drafts. Rich's fantasy uh, updates are coming fast and frequent over at Sharp Football Analysis. He's got updates with current rankings and tiers and strategies for the draft written up in separate articles that really going to help you as you're drafting for your home leagues and trying to beat your friends. Uh, I would highly suggest you go over to his stuff at Sharp Football Analysis and check that out. So uh, that'll do it for our team draft. Uh, we'll once again put $1,000 on the table here. Dan won it last year. We'll see how it goes this year. Uh, the winner will take home $1,000. And, you know, hopefully it's me and I just keep the money in my pocket. No offense, fellas. But uh, good luck to each of you, nevertheless. And uh, that'll do it for another edition of the Sharp Angles Podcast. <laughs>